Hey, business building warrior, it's Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I have an episode today with a couple of the coaches on our team that we haven't heard from in quite some time. Their business has been growing. They're working full-time from home. They have their kids working and some other high school students in the area working on their team. They're selling using the replens strategy that we talk about so much in the proven Amazon course. That's where about 97% of the success stories on this show are coming from that model. Students all over the world selling on typically Amazon.com in the US. We've got a lot of Canadians that sell in Canada as well. But regardless of where you live in the world, you can sell on Amazon.com if you didn't know that. You can buy products in the United States and sell them in the United States. But this is just the latest example of a couple of great students who've turned into coaches, a couple whose marriage is stronger, their family is stronger. They get to hang out together more. They're, like I mentioned, homeschooling, so their schedule is very flexible. They've built something truly special. And today's just a very candid conversation. We talk through many subjects, how they find their inventory, how they're processing their inventory, how they started saving about 25 cents a pound on shipping their products into Amazon. So a pretty cool strategy session we talk about there. You don't have to be big and fancy to do some of the things they're doing. You can do it from home. They talk about how to use pallets basically to send in a bunch of 300 pounds or so at a time worth of inventory. Uh, so we go through detail on that. We talk about Walmart quite a bit today. These are a couple of our coaches on our team who understand Walmart very well. They're actually improving their skill set there. So if you're looking for a Walmart coach, and these guys are getting really good at it. They're looking to really ramp it up. So they did about 1.3, 1.4 million in 2021. And here we are early 2022. They said their January this year has been way better, 20% plus better than their January of last year. So they're seeing consistent, steady growth. And we really have a good time talking through life, business, the reality of the struggles of running an e-commerce business, starting at home and then getting a warehouse just a great conversation that I think flowed pretty well. All kinds of nuggets, regardless if you're brand new to the concepts of using e-commerce, I think you'll enjoy this. If you're more advanced, you're looking for some real cutting edge, new techniques and strategies to improve your profits, cut your costs, that sort of thing. We were all over the place today on some really good stuff that I think a little bit of something for everybody for sure. So enjoy this longer episode. I think you'll find it very rewarding. And hey, if you wouldn't mind doing me a favor, or I forgot to mention on the episode, if, would you please leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast? We would sure appreciate it. A thumbs up, five stars, a heart, or even write out your comments on iTunes, ideally. That would be tremendous. We love getting those reviews on iTunes. But with that, let's jump over and reintroduce to you Adam and Emily Brusso. So Adam and Emily, welcome back to the show. Good to see you guys. Hey, thanks. This is actually our first time getting to do a podcast with you. We've done it with Ryan. We've done really? two with Ryan. I didn't yeah. realize that. We took, we've talked yeah. so many times. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to reference that in the show notes as well, the other yeah. episode. I'm not saying that we're comparing you and Ryan, but we're going to compare you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the official host. He's a guest host. Right? That's right. <laughs> I'm no, it's so it. great. I love that we've got multiple hosts at any given time and, and yeah. uh, 
this episode, it's, it's kind of become such a family. I didn't even realize that. That's pretty cool. But I'd love to hear an update since that episode. And we'll stick a link to that so people don't know who Ryan is and get to know him a little bit too and go back and reference that one. But yeah. what's been going on since then? Business, life, that sort of thing. Get us up to speed. So we, I'm trying to think of exactly everything that like our landing point when we did our last was a, like right before you went full time. Yep. So he's full time home now. And we definitely have not looked back from that moment. We have just, man, so glad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we put not only push forward, but we went like full speed ahead. You know, I came home in September, and we were not this September, September of twenty twenty. Yeah, I came home from my full time job mm-hmm. in de- December of twenty twenty. We actually so we were working out of our garage, mm-hmm. and we were like busting at the seams as far as space, like you know. Literally one garage door was receiving the other door. We were like, you know, shipping out of, and we were having to do like three to four shipments a week. Just, just, we had space to bring in the product, product. you know, and it um, was taking over our house somewhat too. We had, yeah, we had product in the basement basement. and the living room. Like, and so we bought a (laughs) trap, like a trailer, like kind of like a landscape trailer. Like it has no windows, just has a, uh, like a door that drops down in the back to, for overflow inventory and boxes and whatnot. And so we bought that in December thinking, okay, this will buy, buy us some, some time space. and some space. <laughs> it filled up instantly. Let me it, guess. It literally filled up. <laughs> and, and by February of 2021, Emily's like, all right, we need a warehouse. I, I think I told you I knew what I wanted for my 40th birthday. Yeah. yeah she said, <laughs> said i want a warehouse for my birthday and i was like and i'm not a i'm not a fancy girl i don't normally ask for big things <laughs> it was like for my 40th birthday i want right. everything out of the house and i want a warehouse yeah. we did try the prep center model for a little while and just really felt like it wasn't the model for us we know a lot of people who love it and that's great but part of the deal with this business is that you kind of do what works for for you. For you. Yeah, you customize yep. based and on so, your needs and circumstances and comfort level with different elements. Sure. Yep. So we started looking for a warehouse. We felt really pulled towards the idea of being able to employ more people around us with part-time jobs and create a community within our business and just that sort of loving atmosphere of just, I don't know, maybe you can even hear them in the background right now. We have preppers who are like laughing and chattering in the background. Tape, <laughs> tape ripping. <laughs> that's what that is. You yeah. know that and, and in my Sorry. house, you're likely to hear a dog barking here with deliveries yeah. on the front porch. We have our dog here at the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. Well, so she, she might yawn or, you know. Groan. <laughs> yeah. She's very. <laughs> right on cue. I don't know if you can hear my dog. He's going nuts. <laughs> That's the UPS guy, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so you guys yeah. are at the warehouse right now then? We are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're at the so warehouse. So you keep right regular now. business hours? Like you get up in the morning, get ready, go to the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Is that Which five is... days a week? Pretty normal routine? Or? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been great because. It's only a mile and a half from our house. Yes. So we can run home, and, you know, grab stuff or do whatever meet the plumber if we need to or whatever, you know, so it's, you know, or the kids, you know, will be at home doing schoolwork 
they homeschool. So, you know, some of them will do their work at our teenagers will do their work at home. Our younger kids, we have a room here that's just for the kids and it's you know, got a table and a couch and a TV and it's, you know, set up for them. We want them to feel like it's home away from home because part of the point is to be together as a family. So we wanted to make sure they have a space here. So our younger ones will come and homeschool here and I'll kind of bounce in and out of work and helping them a little bit. And the older ones prefer to work from home. So they work from home and drive over when they're done with that and then work here. Yeah. When they're done with their sport, they come and work for us here. So it's been, and it's such a, you know, it feels pretty normal to hear you guys talk about that. And that it's that mirrors pretty closely to kind of what we do around here, but mm-hmm. it really is kind of out there fringe, you know, when you mm-hmm. look normal, <laughs> this isn't normal no. at all, <laughs> but it's so awesome that, You know, the word that just popped in my head was, uh, you know, proximity and Mm -hmm. meaning like my kids are always kind of right there and it's kind of nice. You know, my wife's always right here and we have our space, we have our routines and we do things, but walk down the hall, you know, hop in the car a mile away, like life happens right here. Yep. And it's it's really a beautiful thing and very few people get to do their life that way. Uh, So yeah, congratulations to you guys (laughs) on building that routine. And what was it you did before, Adam? I don't remember. So I was a um, IT director That's for right. a, a wholesale company, and so we—I uh, was the IT department. I was mm-hmm. the only IT person in the company, so I was, you know, quite busy. And and so, and I actually still do a little bit of that work on the side, just you know, as need arises for them. I just send them an invoice for my time. And yeah, sure. It's, it's you know, a few hours every month that I might help them. So, so, you, so you've got one of those t-shirts that says, have you tried turning it off and on again? Yes! <laughs> he literally that, does. That t-shirt, oh, I know. All the single loader IT guys have at least one of those shirts. <laughs> we, we went to go buy, I think we were Oh, like that's great. Shop. I did a little IT myself, so. Yeah, yeah. get it. <laughs> well, we went to buy some furniture once and, and we're like ready to check out. And uh, the lady's like, I know your shirt says it, you know, you won't fix my computer, but can you just look at something real quick for me? And I said, yeah, for a discount. And she, sure sure enough, she gave us a discount and gave us like, you know, 10 or 15% off. Yeah. The problem with the shirt, that that shirt, that one was, no, I will not fix your computer. Yeah. And then people see it and everyone wants them to fix their computers. They're like, oh, you can't fix computers. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Lucky for me, I can't. Yeah. That is not my zone at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it comes in handy to know a nerd though, right? Yeah, time. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into your business model just a little bit. Uh, I, I know from talking to you guys and actually the presentation, this was one of the video sessions at our Tampa event last summer. You guys talked about Walmart. Mm-hmm. Those who haven't seen pictures of you guys come and dress up as coaches, that was beautiful. <laughs> you guys dressed up as like that, you know, I don't know what the typical PE coach that doesn't know how to dress himself kind of deal, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> It's the best way I could describe it off the top of my head. Um, but it was beautiful. It was so cool. And you guys talked some about Walmart. So I know you're doing that, but let's talk through some numbers. What's the business look like? How has it grown now that you're home full-time and you're doing this together? And how big is your team? Let's go through some details. Sure. Yeah. So we made it a goal for 2021 to hit the million dollar mark with both businesses together. And we, Amazon, and Amazon and Walmart together. Right. And we did 
1.3. I think it was more than that. We should have looked, but I would just usually so you trust know. the female in these situations. <laughs> it's, just a safe, it's the safe. It was bet. between 1.3 and 1.4, somewhere in there. That's so, phenomenal, guys. Yeah. yeah. We hey, were, what was your net margin, just approximately between the two? So, I would say we're running about 15% profit margin after that's after everybody's paid and yeah. our house and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not we a, do have a good amount of employees, so that's part of it. The warehouse, I mean, we live in Tucker, Georgia, and so warehouse space, it's not it's not the country. Even though it sounds like the country, it's not the country. It's it's not cheap. Yeah. I'll just say that. We're in close proximity to Atlanta. It's yeah. a suburb of Atlanta kind yeah. of thing. I got you. Yeah. So the thing that's still great about it is that the amount that we're saving and using pallets to ship covers the cost of our rent for the warehouse. Interesting. Doing some LTL, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit, you know, just talk through, not that we have to give all the details. I know we've got yeah. training on that in the proven Amazon course, mm-hmm. but was that a rough transition going from a 50 pound box at a time to LTL? I think we got it down pretty quickly, but I'm, I'm kind of, I had that area up and I'm very much a systems and strategy minded person. And so I line up all my duckies and I'm like, here we go. Your turn, your turn, your turn. Your, you know, yeah. we, it, it was a little clunky the first few times that we put it together, a tiny bit of a learning curve, but now it's really not. Every now and then there's some human error in there. That is one thing when you have a lot of people touching your product, like employees touching your product and you're not micromanaging Yes, there will be mistakes that get made, but it's just an opportunity to say, okay, let's do better next time. And well, can, can we go down that rabbit hole just a little bit? I'm curious. Yes. Like when you went from, from 50 pound boxes to LTL, which means yes. putting a bunch of stuff on a pallet, mm-hmm. what are some of those unforeseen curveballs that we might run into? Just speak in general terms, like, wow, I could save right. you a lot of heartache if you just knew X. Because yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of at that point mm-hmm. where you know, just using round numbers, typically you're going to pay 35 to 50 cents a pound if you do it the one box at a time way, and you're going to pay 10 to 15 cents a pound maybe if mm-hmm. you do it the LTL way. Yep. Right. right. A little more prep time, a little more involved, takes a little longer to get your stuff checked in at Amazon because you're waiting on pallets and trucks, mm-hmm. you know, different size mm-hmm. trucks and stuff. But talk us through it a little bit. So we decided... And different people use different methods, but we decided that what worked best for us in-house with our processes is to keep units in like one skew per box kind of scenario instead of commingling the skews. So we have preppers that come on Monday and Friday. They will prep the items. They will then box the items and write on the outside of the box what the item is and the amount of that item in the box. The Occasionally, they'll and everything miscount. in the box is the same. Yeah. Everything in the box is the same. Occasionally, they miscount. And so that's, you know, in the checks and balances, we're like, okay, open the box and let's see what, why the numbers are off. But really, that can happen in any one of our prepping processes. There will be times where sure. numbers could be off. But they... You know, our warehouse will start to, we just stack them to the side in organized piles that are in sort of alphabetical order (laughs) (laughs) so that 
if new, if more of that product comes in, then we just go and stack it right with the other product. I hope I'm making sense. You are. <laughs> you are. And, and so when palette day comes, we it's quicker to just find the product. What they have you do is they have you, when you do it this way, they have you tell them how many boxes of that particular unit you have and how many of those units are in each box. So we will you know, go through that system and then they have you put the barcode on each box and then you put them on the palette. Or pallets. Pallets, yeah. I'm curious. I know some people report Amazon losing inventory when it shows up. Have you noticed a change between doing it the 50-pound box at a time versus putting it on a pallet as far as how much inventory like doesn't get checked in the right way, the loss, that kind of thing? I'm, I'm curious what your experience has been there. Or is it kind of about the same? It's probably about the same. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's the thing is we, we we still send in. So when we do our pallets, a lot of times they're still going to split up that shipment into sending a few right. items other places that will end up shipping at UPS. It seems like the pallets probably get there more, or I guess safer. Yeah, it's hard to say for sure. And and <clears throat> we like we send to the fulfillment center we send to now, we, we used to have some more issues with the first one they had us sending to, but then they kind of shifted. And that one has been pretty quick and pretty on it with all of them, with everything. We do also, in order to sort of offset the, the issue of how long it does take pallets to get unpacked, we send UPS too with all of our lightweight items. So I do like probably two UPS shipments a week of a couple hundred units just to have a steady flow being unpacked there. And then we send our pallets that like two or three pallets a week, usually on Wednesdays, ideally. The other issue we've had in our area, which not everyone has, but we have it in our area, is that if Amazon is assigned to do the pickup, you never know when they're going to actually come. Mm. So... They have... They've recently started their own freight company. I don't know how recent, but they they do have some of their own Mm -hmm. trucks in some areas. Atlanta is one of those areas. Mm -hmm. And their customer services, it's not there yet, you know? Yeah, they're still figuring out the pallet logistics business. So the way we've gotten around that is that we request a truck with a lift gate, which their trucks don't have lift gates. And so they send it to a third-party LTL provider and they come and pick it up the next day yeah that's a good they're always it's always the next day when because they they hold their like the third party people to such a crazy high standard Mm, they kind of do do not hold themselves to yeah it's like the same thing they do to us third party sellers we got a completely different standard we got to hit yes when they sell the product themselves And it did take a while. We'd have to request it every day and then say they was, or every time we did a shipment, we want a lift gate. And then they'd say, do you want this permanently? And we would say yes. And it took about 10 times of saying, yes, we want it permanently before they actually just assigned the company to us. But now we are always given that other company and things go a little more smoothly. We, We did have issues with some of the Amazon drivers pulling up to our warehouse and deciding that they that their truck wasn't going to fit easily, so they just kept driving, and they didn't actually. And pick then they up. pushed our shipment 
another like seven to 10 they, days. They uh, put your shipment at the back of the list. So there were times that our shipments were sitting there for two weeks because we were waiting on Amazon to do the pickup. Right. But it sounds like you prefer the third party. If you do whatever you can to get those third party pickup. Big folks, time. They're probably yeah. really trying hard to win Amazon's affections yes. as well. Like they want to please the customer. They see you as Amazon. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking they've got to be a lot easier to work with. That's a great tip. Yeah. Just request a lift gate, even if you don't need one. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> you're going to get better service. That's yeah. good. That's a good yeah. hack. And then with that too, like for people who are still working out of their homes, but are getting to the point where they have 300 pounds or more of product, that's probably about the time when you could consider, you know, starting to shift towards, shift towards LTL. And so they do have smaller box trucks that have lift gates that they could come into a neighborhood mm-hmm. and pick up you know, those pallets, you just need a pallet jack, of course, to roll it out of your garage down to the, the road, wherever the truck was to, to get it loaded. Yeah. Pallet jacks are kind of fun too. I mean, you can get a toddler <laughs> pulling around 300 pounds. It's, they're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Great. So, and they're not that hard to find. You can get them everywhere yeah. easily. Yeah. Right. So yeah. not quite as fun as a forklift, but no. close. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's such a great tip. Yeah, I love it. So you can even get a, it's not like you're pulling a semi into your driveway. It's a smaller right. van and mm-hmm. you can start to justify LTL when you're shipping about 300 pounds at a time, like you said. And were my numbers accurate too? Yeah. Like on the shipping, mm-hmm. 35 to 50 cents a pound versus what are you guys paying per pound roundabout? 10 cents. 10? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty typical and, what I hear, 10 to 15. And the thing that's kind of nice about it is that you can, it opens up a whole new world of products because there are heavier items that have liquids or whatever that I maybe was not going to want to send through UPS because it was going to cost a ton. Mm -hmm. Those boxes were going to be like flipped on conveyor belts a million times. It just didn't seem as safe to, to ship that way. So now it kind of opens up this whole new world of products that I'm not as nervous about. Glass items. Of course, you know, because the, right. the product, once it gets onto the pallet, they're just kind of contained. Everything's contained on the pallet. Mm-hmm. People yeah. aren't touching your boxes. Yeah. You know, they're, just, they're using forklifts or, you know, right. pallet jacks to slide, you know, it out of the truck, into the truck until it gets to Amazon's fulfillment center where they unload the stuff. But there's a lot less touches on your product. Mm-hmm. Sure. In the final it gets tumbled a lot less. For yeah. sure. Right. If you've if yeah. you've never seen the way that uh, those guys at FedEx and UPS load a truck, you, that's a that's the uh, entertainment. They call it build the wall, right? In case, yeah. the, in case the supervisor walks by, you always build a wall at the back of the truck first. And you just chuck stuff over the wall until the supervisor shows up, and then you start stacking. Stacking them nicely. I mean, we I'm have... not. You know, I'm sure there's guys who take their job more seriously than that, but I'm just saying that's the kind of stuff that can happen to these boxes. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, we've never talked LTL in that depth before. LTL, which stands for less than truckload, it, yep. I think is what it stands for technically. But yes. it's just putting mm-hmm. stuff on a pallet, 300 pounds at a time, and mm-hmm. you shrink wrap it on there, and like, hey, you build a pallet. <laughs> Good job. Yep. Right. So that's a good topic. Yeah, and you can go of, all the way up to uh, 1,500 pounds. Is it 1,500? Yeah. Mm-hmm, 1,500 pounds. And then you're... Six feet tall. Yeah. So we have we have a prepper who's right at six feet tall. And we just say, go stand next to the pallet. Let's see if... Make sure we're not too too tall. <laughs> that's great. You don't even need a measuring tape. Yeah. Hire a six-footer. <laughs> there you go. I love it. 
So, it, so we were talking through the numbers and we kind of got down this path, very right. beneficial path, but let's get mm-hmm. back to where we were. Like, you know, how many people are working here and, mm-hmm. and you, you shared the 15% approximate net mm-hmm. you know, off of your great year you had last year. Talk us through some more numbers, the Amazon, Walmart split, maybe that kind of thing. Sure. So we did a little over 1.1 on Amazon and it's mm-hmm. all replens. We have a few wholesale accounts, but it's it's not the majority of our, our business. Most of it's OA. We do have a shopper who goes out and acquires items, but most of those items have already been found using the OA method, you know, sourcing, sourcing method. And the reason why we do that is because expiration dates, sometimes when you order online, they don't come with an expiration date that works. So we have that shopper checking those dates before she adds it to the cart and then uh, so she's working three or four days a week and then just comes, you know, she'll go hit three or four stores a day. There's also like times where a store will suddenly decide they're not going to ship that item to your area anymore. You have to go yeah. in the store and buy it or mm-hmm. you know, just different, different reasons. reasons. So how much of that's grocery stuff with an expiration date on it? What percent would you say? So I think we're at like 22% grocery. Yeah. Wow. You need that number off the top of your head. Well, I, I, just rec- I just recently like... <laughs> I just recently looked at a report that had that number. So because okay. people ask, you know, like, you know, or whenever we get a new student, we, they usually ask, what percentage or what, you know, how much of it's grocery or what, what categories do you sell in? So we probably sell in just about every category. Yeah. Uh, groceries, you know, the biggest of all the categories that we sell in. It, ha- it wasn't always that way. No, though. that was just this year. We, we it shifted, shifted more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can put up with the headache of, expiration dates mm-hmm. grocery is just like gold mine mm-hmm. that's the one part of it like uh those yep. darn dates, those. right yep. Yep. yep so i really like the grocery stuff that has really long like four year six mm-hmm. year expiration date stuff it's like yeah mm-hmm. that's where the gold is but yep. there's some people doing really well and even the the short date merchant fulfill Mm-hmm. like pastries and stuff. You know, it's like, it's only got a three week shelf life if you buy it straight from the store. Right. But better sell it today and ship it today. But there's money to be made there even. So it's just a matter sure. of, you know, where's your comfort zone? What kind of system are you trying to build? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. We have some that we kind of tested out that have, they're not dates as close as the three weeks, but they're, they push the like, you know, maybe just a few days past the approved amount of time for Amazon. But then what we found is that we sell them so quickly mm-hmm. that that doesn't feel risky at all. So we try right. to snatch up as many of those as we can. Do you do any and merchant fulfill on your grocery? We've done it a little bit here and there, but what we found, and again, it's it's a matter of, you know, trying to just find more products that are like it. But what we found with what we had is that most of the people buying it were on the other side of the country. And so the cost right. of shipping ate up more profits than it felt like it was really worth to us because we're on the East Coast and there's a lot of people in California that want our stuff <laughs> in Oregon and Washington. Yeah, And that is not inexpensive. So kind of got to where we're like, uh, I'm not sure it's worth it on this. So it really would be about finding the things that had the larger profit margins that could cover the huge or the higher, you know, shipping costs. We just haven't spent a lot of time trying to at this point. Right. Right. Well, cool. This is 
Go ahead. I was going to say, there's been times where we buy something, say, from Target, and we'll uh, do a return on it because the date doesn't work, and they just tell us to to uh, keep okay. the item. Hmm. And so we'll throw it onto Walmart because we do a lot of Walmart fulfillment. Like, everything that we sell on Walmart is we fulfill. And so we'll throw on Walmart and sell it that way. And so, like, you know, otherwise... We've we actually either... found some really awesome Walmart replens that way. Accidentally. Oh, accidentally, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we can charge a little bit more because there's not a there's competitor comp- yeah, with that product or so it can cover those costs. And that was actually one of our original like reasons why we even mm-hmm. wanted to start Walmart is we were like, hmm, we need something like a place to put all of these things that aren't working anymore on Amazon. Let's try Walmart. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Just like with anything, but since we're kind of talking about Walmart now, and I love we're just kind of drifting around a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing anything yet on Walmart. Mm-hmm. We're we're just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love learning about it. And mm-hmm. you guys are doing quite a bit. And we've got some training in the Proven Amazon course now on that topic that uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for folks to that. But what's the reality of Walmart? Now that you've been in it a while, what are the, some of the big lessons here? Uh, maybe some of the primary talking points. How hard is it compared to Amazon, and it sounds like it's only what maybe ten percent at best of what you guys yeah. are doing, but it's still worth doing. Talk us there's, through Walmart a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve with Walmart that we ended up just deciding to get some more coaching on our own. So we've just started that, and I think the skies are about to open up for us with doing that coaching with for Walmart. But I would say it takes some patience in terms of they're still kind of figuring themselves out. It is getting better than when we first started, definitely. But there's still issues with them not holding your inventory properly. Like it'll just change numbers on you. So you'll go, why are these things not selling? And then realize that it just decided to, you have zero inventory when you have 10 of them sitting on your shelf and you re-enter those numbers a lot of times and it's like, ah. and it's very frustrating when it, especially if it's a seasonal <clears throat> item, you know, there's just like, for example, we have some mm-hmm. Valentine, Valentine's Day items. items that are, you know, very sensitive. We want to sell them in the next two weeks, hopefully. Right. Well, and, and they're really great sellers, but <laughs> they, for whatever reason, Walmart decided to knock our inventory down to zero and, we're like, why aren't these things selling? They should be flying off the shelf. And then they go enough, from selling to nothing. Yeah. And so, so it was a glitch in the system. The other thing that happens sometimes is where if we run out of stock on an item, I guess their servers aren't syncing West Coast, East Coast or something where basically they're still selling that item, even though we're out of stock on it. So we'll get in, come in in the morning and there'll be four orders and we only have two on the shelf, you know, so we have to go in and cancel the order and send an email apologizing to the customer saying, you know, we're so sorry, you know, we had an inventory issue and, and we can't fulfill your order, um, which Walmart knows about, and, you know, they don't, they have never penalized us for it, mm-hmm. but it's definitely frustrating. Oh, for sure. We're having to basically, you know, it's the equivalent of um, deleting it. They call it retiring the item in Walmart's, you know, system. So we have to, as soon as it goes out of stock, we try to, retire it so that it doesn't oversell until we get more and then we have to unretire it. Yeah. So it's a little clunky, but yeah, there's yeah. 
there well, are- I think those clunky barriers to entry are there. Uh, you know, they are painful, but they're also a nice barrier to entry that mm-hmm. yeah. keeps the opportunity very robust for the rest of us. I mean, that's why uh, Amazon has been this whole replan. Amazon FBA has enough little painful elements to it that you hear mm-hmm. the same com- eight complaints yeah. constantly. <laughs> Yeah, but those of us who are willing to put those into perspective right. compared to the the massive scope and scale of the opportunity, that just keeps out the people who aren't serious. We're fine with that, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right? And then you're able to have this 1.34 million dollar business and be flexible and homeschool your kids and have a warehouse a mile from your house because you're willing to put up with these little painful elements uh, mm-hmm. that are minor, really, relatively yeah. compared to the opportunity itself, but. Yeah. One of the things that's fun about Walmart is there's not like gating in the same way. So it just. If you want to sell toys, you can sell toys. If you want anything. to sell, yeah, you can sell anything. I mean, really, the, the, the things that they, you know, don't want you to do on Walmart is drop shipping. You know, that's a good way to get mm-hmm. your account shut down. They actually, they kicked a lot of people off in 2021 for drop shipping. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you can, you know, just like on eBay. Just because there is, you know, say they you sell a coffee mug, just because that coffee mug already exists as a listing, you create your own listing of that item that has better pictures. Because the thing about it is, just like on Amazon, you can't edit somebody else's listing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to create a better listing that has, you know, meets all the the standards of a good listing, like good pictures, good description, good keywords, you know, you can create your own brand new listing of the same item that already exists in the ecosystem, so that you can get that higher you know page rank and get on that first page and be found even though there's that same item has been selling for two years on the platform mm-hmm. um, and so like the other thing is that Walmart they um, just like Amazon they they advertise on Google so if somebody searches for that coffee mug you know as long as you meet their standards you have good pictures good descriptions good keywords you know if somebody types that in they're gonna find you in that Google search and the Google shopping or at the very top where they're suggesting, you know, what, where to buy that item. And so I, I think, a lot, I mean, I need to go and look to see where our sources are, like where the clicks are coming from, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to bet a lot of them are coming from the Google, Google searches, Google search, search. Not, not Walmart. You know, they're not searching in Walmart. They're searching Google, seeing the Walmart link and then purchasing our items. That's cool. Well, there's obviously a lot of territory to explore there. And, we're, and I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot more time on that topic today. Sure. But just to kind of open the eyes and expand the imaginations of the, the Amazon sellers who listen to this show. Man, there's a lot going on there with Walmart, eBay, even Facebook Marketplace, for example. Mm-hmm. Multiple yeah. ways to move. I think just today we've sold... Uh, we we assigned our son to kind of help clear out the garage and he sold a bunch of stuff he listed yesterday on the marketplace today. People driving by, I've seen a couple of trucks pull up. That was one of the reasons my dog was going nuts a while ago. <laughs> Just throwing stuff, you know, people paying cash. There you go. Mm-hmm. There's just so many opportunities available yeah. to us. Uh, yeah. That hard to move inventory. Yeah. Yep. Facebook marketplace it, get rid of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, with that, I mean, we we try to make enough money on Walmart to pay at least three quarters, if not a hundred percent of our payroll on just the Walmart platform. And so, which is great because we can, you know, I literally have like our payroll account associated with Walmart. It dumps it in there. And every once in a while I've got to add a little bit more money, but you know, 
that's our goal is for Walmart to basically pay for our staffing and company expenses. And then we have Amazon to be, you know, the, you know, the gravy. So straight net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Well, what else do you guys want to dive into? How's, how's 2022 going so far as we're recording this, we're in G- towards the end of January, 2022. So you kind of filled this in on your 2021 numbers. Yep. How's this year kicking off for you? And, and what are some of your goals? What do you think is realistic for this year? So we are up 22% last time I looked from last January. January to January. Yeah, January to January. Yeah, so we're definitely keeping that trajectory going. And one of our original goals was just to have such a solid replens business that that was the foundation, you know, that we're living off of it comfortably, being able to employ everyone and just this really solid replens business, which we are there now, definitely. So we're shifting more and more into trademark. Brand registry. Brand registry, getting some good bundles going and kind of moving more and more in that direction. So that is one of our bigger goals. And then we also want to bring Walmart. It's not realistic to say it'll be neck and neck with Amazon just because, you know, cash flow and stuff like that. But we wanted to be so good that if something were to happen with Amazon, we just pivot and we're we're fine. We don't really feel much of a a hit. So that's kind of our goal is to, which was part of why we're doing the coaching with Amazon. We're, I mean, with Walmart, we're, mm-hmm. we feel like we've gotten a handle of the basics. Now we want to take it and run with it. So that's the goal with Walmart is to just take off with that one now. Yeah. Yeah. And we also would like to bring on some more wholesale accounts. Like I said, most of our businesses is OA um, replens but we'd like to get into some wholesale and wholesale bundles even. So um, just trying to, you know, bring on a, a new, some new levels of uh, income, new streams of income. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm working with Nathan Bailey um, on the uh, brand registry and. Uh, right. Hummingbird. Mm-hmm. Hummingbird. Yeah. I'll stick links to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what's the type of product you guys looking at and how'd you, how'd you find your way into that niche? So as far as like bundles are concerned or. Uh, like- no, well, are, are you just, okay. I, I thought you maybe you had your own not, product. We're not talking, about, just talking about brand yeah, bundles. We're just talking about brand branded bundles. Provenbrandbuilding.com. Yeah. 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 That, that yeah. content is going into the proven Amazon course. Probably by the time people hear this, it's already kind of rocking. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So just so we'll I can lock that down first, then we'll move on to private label. That's right. We're yeah, one, gotcha. one thing at a time, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought maybe you guys had come across a cool new product. I mean, that kind of organically happens sometimes, you yeah. know, a replin that just flies off the shelf and you contact mm-hmm. the brand owner and say, Hey, could I repackage this and put my brand on it? Because mm-hmm. I'd love sure. to white label this. And they're like, Yeah, sure. You know, that's a great way to find private label products. Mm-hmm. But you guys are just talking about branded bundles. Yep. Stuff that you can easily pull retail, you stick it in your own box with a brand on it. And that's the content we have coming. So now the benefit of that, for those who don't know, I know you guys realize this, but is you've got just as good as coming up with your own unique product because it's in a box that no one else can duplicate. Right. right? Basically yeah. branded, brand registered around your name, your trademark. So you're working on that with, with the team right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the, one of the catalysts for that was we had some great selling products in 2021 that um, somebody had created the listing using a GTIN 
number, which is basically like the barcode number that did not align with the brand of that item. And so Amazon started cracking down on any listing that can have a GTA and that coincided with that brand. And so we had some great listings that just got wiped out and we could do nothing about it because we didn't, we didn't have a wholesale um, account or relationship with that brand necessarily. So, um, so we were like, we, we need to be able to protect some of our best listings and products that we sell. Mm -hmm. And so doing the brand registry and doing branded bundles is a way to create those listings ourselves, have control over, you know, who can join the listing and, and um, control the price and all those variables that sometimes are out of our control when we just jump on listings that already exist. Yeah, it makes total sense. You're, you're really kind of locking down good ASINs. You know, that's the game. Yep. And locking them down, protecting them and building them out in such a way that you kind of own that territory. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, you guys are coaches with this as well. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of putting you on the spot, but I like doing that to people on the team. So you got any good coaching stories for us? Anyone recently that kind of stands out without telling us their name maybe, but you know, how's that going who is coaching a good fit for? Just kind of take that topic for a minute and run with it, if you don't mind. What comes to mind when I when I say, hey, how's coaching going for you guys as coaches? Mm-hmm. So we have, I can think of a couple people who are on just that slow and steady path of growing every month and just have the determination it takes to just stick with it. You know, keeping that... And really, that's what it is in the beginning is a determination to not give up because there are a lot of times and I I try to put myself in that spot, those moments in the beginning when we were first starting, when I would hear people around me talk about, oh, it's easy. Products are everywhere. And it's like, yes, that's right. But why am I not finding them? You know, what's wrong with me or the just the discouraging moments of bumping your head up against a wall and and remember that because now we're like oh yeah products are everywhere <laughs> we're yeah now we're the annoying success story right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but just remembering that what it is is in those moments where you want to give up and quit just take one tiny step forward you know it doesn't have to be huge just one tiny step forward and and you still have your momentum and you're still going. And we all have moments where we, we want to quit or we're tired that day or whatever it is. It's just like, ugh. but one tiny step forward. I love that. And yeah, th- this business trajectory matters so much more than location. Yep. <laughs> trajectory. Absolutely. Like where were you a few weeks ago? Where are you now? Is that a positive move? If so, you're a safe bet. Yep. It doesn't matter what your numbers look like right now. Exactly. We have uh, one student who, uh, he reached out to me last week. He sent me a text message with a a screenshot of his sales for this month so far. And it was, and I think he was doing just over 5,000 so far in the month, almost 6,000. And, you know, which is awesome. He, you know, he's, you know, but he's like, I feel stuck. I I feel like I can't get past like this $5,000 a month. So I said, let's, let's schedule a session. Let's, you know, talk about strategies Mm -hmm. for scaling up. Let's figure it out. And so I had him share his screen with me and and we went through his inventory and he had, I think he had over a hundred listings currently, you know, in his account. And he probably had at least 50 that were fantastic, but he hadn't learned how to 
replenish those items on the regular to keep them in stock. And I was like, man, if you just bumped up how many you sent in each time, you would you probably would double, even triple what you're doing in sales just with what you have without even adding one single new listing. Mm-hmm. You already have like just gold right in front of you. He's like, wow, I didn't even think about that. He was like, I, just, I, I sell 10. So I was like, I'll send 10, you know? So like, like, no, like if you had 20, you probably would have sold 20, you know? Yes. So like just talking through, you know, how to have that strategy to, to replenish so that you're not running out of stock. And also um, what we've learned is Amazon will give you quantities that they are suggesting that you send. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those numbers seem ludicrous, you know, like, send us a hundred. Why would I send you a hundred? I only sold, you know, 15 last month. Well, what we found is that they're going to spread your inventory out around to different places. A bunch of distribution centers. Right. right. And so, so they may like, I always use the example, like, you know, there may be a product that sells like crazy in New York, but if you only send five, it might never reach New York, you know, but there are other sellers who have that product in New York that are like always have that buy box and they're giving it to that, that seller because it, they're right up the street from mm-hmm. the They are prime. From- yeah. yeah. They're primes that they can get that two day delivery every day, all day long. Whereas yours, if, if your products in, you know, Nebraska, they're not going to ship from Nebraska to New York, you know, if they, unless they that. absolutely have to, yeah, unless they're completely out of stock in New right. York. And so when you send more, they're going to spread that product out to where the demand is. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get the buy box more. And, mm-hmm. and so like Amazon doesn't tell you that when, you know, they give those demand figures, but that's what's happening. But also having said that. Yeah. Here's a disclaimer. We're not saying send the total amount that they tell you to send it. Yeah. Because sometimes they're insane. Yeah. yeah, sometimes they're insane. It's it's going to take like your whole budget to send that yeah, amount yeah, in. Yeah. Or and you want to look at Keepa too. If yeah. Keepa shows me five drops a month on an ASIN, yeah. and Amazon wants a hundred of them, right. I'm not sending them a hundred until right. Keepa shows me that thing's taken off. Right. 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 So. But it, it's a, a good sign that you should maybe be sending more yes. than you're sending. Yeah. Bump yeah. it up yeah. some, but don't necessarily. And yeah, we, we always tell our students that the best data is the data that you're able to acquire. So like, as you, you know, so if you were to send five, you know, this month and then you sell out and it tells you to send 30, well, maybe you send 10 or 15 and then see what time frame it takes to sell out those and then replenish. And so you're gradually building up and you're also building trust with that product because some products, you know, you wouldn't want to have, you know, a hundred of those sitting on the shelf at Amazon because that's just money sitting there not selling. Yeah. And we've got caught like that. We've made that mm-hmm. mistake. And and, and, and now we're up. blessing you with our mistakes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Don't do what we did. But we there, learned a lot from our mistakes. Mistakes aren't bad. But we also have <laughs> some replens that, that we found, you know, almost at the very beginning of our journey that we just send in, you know, 50 a month and they just on the regular just keep selling yep. and we just replenish them and about the same price there's only about 10 to 15 sellers on that listing and we just keep sending they keep selling and you know it's i wish they were all right if only they were all like that <laughs> but you, i mean we know enough about math you know as an it guy you've heard the pareto principle the 80 20 rule mm-hmm. you know that applies so much in this business i think one of the most yeah. useful things any of us can do 
as an exercise as replin sellers. It doesn't matter if you've got 30 replins or if you have 4,000 replins. Yep. Is to know where that line in the sand is. What are my top mm-hmm. 20% of my ASINs that mm-hmm. are producing 80% of my results? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't drop the ball on those. On those. Yeah. And yeah. then equally as important, what's that bottom 20% that's sucking up 80% mm-hmm. of my effort? Mm-hmm. Producing yeah. very little results for me. Say bye bye. Say bye bye. Get rid of those dogs, right? Yep. So you're yeah. constantly shifting in both directions, paying more attention to the top twenty, paying less attention to the bottom right. twenty, improving mm-hmm. yep. both those arenas. That's how you go from five thousand a month, like your student was talking about, right, to fifteen mm-hmm. or twenty thousand a month, just yeah. with that exercise, adding very few new replens, probably. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. improving your system. That's what we say all the time. And it, I know to new sellers, this is annoying to hear us say, but it's so true. The game isn't won by people who can find a bunch of products. Right. It's won by people building good systems. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's definitely true. And and by people who can just learn to pivot and roll with it. You don't I get mean, emotionally attached to that nope. replay. You just walk yep. right by it when you see it. Yep. An old okay. friend. It was, yep. it was it lasted. <laughs> yeah, we had we had fun times together. We had some yeah. special, some special memories, right. but right. moved on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think shifting from the mentality when you're first starting, uh, just trying to find product, you need, there comes a point where you have to take some time away from finding product and put it to making sure that you're replenishing what you do have. And that that's, it's just kind of a mindset shift because for a while you can become just so focused on Finding that new product, finding that new product, finding that new product, finding that new product that we have to remember that equally important is babysitting and helping the products that we do have grow. It's not just about having babies. It's also about raising children. That's right. Yeah. If we were to call our products babies and children. <laughs> yeah. That adds a little too much familiarity for me. I like to remain emotionally completely detached, which isn't a yeah. healthy parenting style. Absolutely. But okay, you're here to serve me, Replin. And as, right. as soon as that stops, you're out the door. You're I'm out. not going to try to revive you somehow. If 30 new sellers show up and take the prize, like, hey, nice knowing you. See you later. <laughs> we talk about it like we call them employees. Yeah. So if our Replins are just employees, if you hired an employee and all they did was sat there all day and never did a, a lick of work, they were on their phone. You would be a fool to keep that employee around. That's right. There's, they're not bringing any value to your business. So if replens are like employees, and if one is just sitting on the shelf and not bringing any value, it's time to say goodbye. And if another one, you only have him show up once a month, but man, he does a lot. How about yep. we have him come in every day? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, That's 100% a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would so our students to to, uh, to fail fast, you know, if those items are sitting there, cut your losses, you know, do, do your best to, you know, recoup as much money as you can, you know, and sometimes you will lose some money at other times you can break even or just, use, just make a, make tiny a few bit bucks, money. you know, even if it's like 10% ROI, but get that money back so you can employ it into profitable listings, you know, or continue to test listings to find that next good employee slash listing. Mm-hmm. Man, some really golden tips today. And, you know, just an observation I'm sitting here making this as I'm listening to you guys talk and process this. Just, I feel very blessed that I get to work 
alongside in partnership and community with great leaders, great families like you guys and all these other great coaches we have on the team. And uh, it's a truly special thing that's been built here. And I'm honored to be working with you guys. Truly am. Thank you. Right back at you. That's right. <laughs> and thank you for facilitating, facilitating. and, and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, cultivating well, such a great... You know, we here. didn't point out Mindset Monday. You guys for oh, the yeah. past several months have been jumping on our Facebook group. And there's a link in the show notes for people who don't know, silentgym.com, free Facebook group. We just passed up 68,000 members. One of the biggest and certainly the most friendly and active and helpful Facebook groups in the Amazon e-commerce selling space. Mm -hmm. You guys jump on every Monday, do a little mindset session with everybody, get their week going. It's (laughs) tremendous. Uh, So if if you've never heard that, you're listening to this right now, jump in and see Adam and Emily. While we have them, you know, not promising they're going to do it for years, but past several months they have. And as long as they want to do it, the floor is theirs. It's such a cool feature of that great Facebook group. Speak to that for just a moment. Why would someone want to check in and and hear that maybe sometime? So I think especially, I mean, really it's for anyone, but we try to think about what we wish we had when we first started selling on Amazon. We didn't have, like we hadn't discovered this group or anything like that when we first got got started. We didn't know anyone doing this business. So we were just... Winging it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so we try to look back and think about what we wish we had, what we needed to hear, and just have encouragement for the moment. And I think part of it too is that it's really easy for us to talk ourselves out of success, uh, life circumstances, whatever it is. We all have a million reasons why something shouldn't work or can't work. But if we shift our focus and put our minds in the right space, then that success can happen. So it's just our way of trying to help encourage people to keep their minds in the, in the right space to, you know, not allow the roadblocks that come or challenges, whether it's in your personal life or in your business to prevent you from being able to become successful. And we're sitting here as people, I mean, if you listen to our other podcast or our Mindset Monday, we're sitting here as people who have had literally in our personal lives, the worst two years of our lives, just unimaginable, unimaginable devastation. And really, really the worst two years of our lives. But we also have been given by God's grace, the this incredibly successful business. And so just trying to help people understand that they are not their circumstances and that, you know, we like to tell them all the time, if we can do it, you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not special. ask a question. I'd like to hear from you too, Adam, but do you think part of being able to cope, and I'm familiar with the circumstances and people don't have to dig very far to kind of see your Facebook and talk, talk about what you guys have been through, but not to dive into that too much, but do you think that part of your healing as a family has been the other orientedness that's required for you to fill the role you just described? Now speak to that for a moment, because I know for me in those darkest times where it's you know, like, okay, poor me, I got this and this and this coming against me, this happened, that happened, things out of my control, Digging out of that often means way before I'm ready to, way before I feel like it or want to, 
I start focusing on other people. Mm -hmm. And kind of feel yourself being pulled out of that. Speak to that for a moment. We've never really talked about that before, but you know, and it's okay. There's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just curious because you guys really do. I mean, if all people see is your mindset Mondays and then your numbers and your pocket, and they're thinking, oh, these guys got their act together. Everything's great in their life, right? But how has that helped you to get back that sense of normal serving others probably before you felt like it, I'm guessing. Talk me through that a little bit, Adam. What do you, what do you think of that question? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Absolutely. It's been helpful to, A, you have somewhere to put your energy. You know, having, having the business, having um, things to do. Sometimes, you know, when you're grieving, getting out of bed isn't high on your list of things that you want to do. You, you want to, you know, sit and be sad, you know? And, and so like having a business that is having, um, there are coaching students who are, who've scheduled time with you to, to glean information and, you know, who, who have dreams to start their own business and, and take a similar path that you've just been down is, is absolutely healing and, and pulls, pulls me out of my shell of what my emotions tell me I should be doing, which is just being sad or, or being upset or angry. sitting in bed and eating chocolate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that even, or even just having, having, um, you know, our employees who depend on us and, and our people that we pour into and can not only provide employment to, but like, you know, like pour into as, as like friends and as in, and there's, we have, you know, six um, high school age students that come and prep for us. And we're able to be a fun place to work, but also teach them about business and, you know, working hard and systems. And, and so there's, you know, just an incredible opportunity for, and, and to minister to them as well. Can I just say this as an aside? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with any of this, but here's a very hot tip. If you need some preppers, find yourself some homeschool kids, some homeschool high schoolers. I can vouch for that. Yeah. My own kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's, we have two of our teen boys are our employees, they're homeschooled, but then we have four other kids who are homeschooled and they're self-starters. They have a great work ethic and there has been a marked difference between kids who we've had working for us who are not homeschooled and kids who we've had working for us who are homeschooled. That's all I'm going to say. It would be so easy for me to soapbox for about an hour and a half. (laughs) But I think I'll spare the listeners and spare Mary the complaint letters we'd probably get if I chose to do it. There is a a marriage between, a very natural marriage that happens between the homeschool mentality that I'd say 95% of homeschool families have in the entrepreneur mindset. Mm-hmm. There's just, they just blend mm-hmm. so well. And I want people working for me at all levels to have that entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. There's some mm-hmm. great kids at all levels of school. school of that have that entrepreneurial mindset. Your odds of actually, if you just had to go pick 50, like these are going to, I'm going to build my business with these 50 people. Where's a good, safe pool to pull from? Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. Mm-hmm. That entrepreneurial homeschool kind of blended mindset. It's a mm-hmm. pretty potent combination. I've been to events that, where the entire crowd is homeschool families, mm-hmm. homeschool kids, entrepreneur kind of events. And you've got kids that are eight, nine years old coming up with the business card and, and explaining their business concept. <laughs> you know, And like, I'm looking for potential investment partners. Like, kid, you're 10. 
Like, yeah, but I mean, just those two worlds blend so well, right? My kids all were earning money by the time they were 10 or 11 doing different things. And I didn't force them. It wasn't their homework. It's just the two worlds blend so well. So yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. We didn't want to upset anybody with that, but I think- There's also a convenience of a schedule factor too. Absolutely. We like to keep our business during the day. They can work during the day because they can do school whenever. That's right. Exactly. You know, it's it's another benefit to it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just sidetracked us all. No, no that was beautiful. That's <laughs> this whole conversation. That's typically how these episodes go is I'm all over the place anyway. I think yeah. it's just a very natural flowing conversation. And, and uh, you know, people don't like listening to it. They don't listen, but right. apparently they like it. We just passed 3.7 million downloads, I think, for the for the podcast total by so, history of the podcast. That's pretty cool. Not yeah. many podcasts get to that level. So it's, there's enough people out there that we aren't scaring away. We'll yeah. be all right. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else, guys? I think we could start to pretty safely wrap this one up and yeah. call it a tremendous episode. But if there was anything else on your list that you wanted to get out, this was your chance before we start to wrap this one up. Do we have anything? I don't know. <laughs> Great question, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I'm a professional interviewer, so you know. <laughs> That's like the most awkward question, but I've learned to ask it at the end because. Yeah. I, you know, Every sometimes they whip out their list and like, Hey, I had four more things that, you know, I'm like, Hey, this, sometimes those yeah. are the true gold nuggets. But with you guys, I mean, we've been hitting it the whole time. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> tremendous job. I, well, I think maybe Emily would probably give a better answer around the, the grief and like pushing you know, what the business has meant for her mm-hmm. and for us. She's a deeper thinker than I am. I'm more analytical. I'm, I'm the computer nerd. Who's like, you know, you know, like I'm very, you. you know, Mm-hmm. And I'm bullet points, and she's like writing paragraphs. <laughs> That's true. I'm a little more wordy. <laughs> but no, but which thank God because the world needs your words and needs, you know, needs the balance. You know, some there's a time for bullet points, and there's also a time for like deep explanation of mm-hmm. or, or emotion. So yeah. I think that we we actually, because we knew we were gonna be doing this podcast, I asked Adam. Last night we were taking the dogs for a walk and then we were actually alone. And I said, Which so, doesn't happen. No, all right. that often, yeah. but I can imagine. It did. Yeah. yeah. So I asked him, you know, what what's been the best part of having an Amazon business? Like in your mind, what's been the highlight? And he said, which I don't know if you really meant this as your answer, but he said, working with you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. We need the music to kick in about now. That nice romantic. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, I know the two of you well enough to know that that is, I mean, that is, it, this whole thing has brought you guys closer. You've told me that before. It's been yes. about, like the whole family, your kids have benefited from these things. Yeah. And, and I've experienced that, you know, our house burning down was one of the best team building exercises mm-hmm. our family's ever been through. Right? It's like, right. we're all in the same boat now, aren't we guys? You know, what, yeah. like it or not, um, you can't recreate that with planned vacations, you know, those kind no, of stresses can't. and things. And you guys have been through that. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I mean, the thing about it is that I guess when you're living your life, you don't necessarily know what you're missing until suddenly you're given the gift of something. And so looking back and realizing how much of our lives were just separate from each other, you know, it was me homeschooling in our homeschool community and 
you know, doing the field trips with the kids or whatever that world looked like. And then Adam going to work and sometimes our worlds would converge, but we were just really missing that family element. And that has been the best thing. And God, he just knows, God just knows when you are just the way he orders things. I don't know if we would have gotten through this season that we're still getting through. If we hadn't have been given the gift of Amazon, if we hadn't have been given the gift of Adam being able to come home and us being able to be a little more insular as a family and just being in each other's lives more, it has been a tremendous blessing to us to be able to have that. We didn't even know we would need it, but he did. And so he set us on a path before tragedy even struck. He set us on a path, just implanted this little thought in our minds. And what it was, was hmm, we want to make a little extra money so we can do like more adventurous vacations. That was the basic thought in the mind. You know, I mean, it wasn't anything super grand mm-hmm. or like, profound. It was like just a little extra money on the side, but he, he knew God knew. And here we are, you know, able to work together. Our marriage is thriving because of Amazon. I love to hear that. That (laughs) So many, so great. So many people that go through the loss that we've gone through, it kind of can create this tearing Mm -hmm. and a marriage, which is very understandable because a lot of you just wants to kind of go inside yourself. But being able to do this together has been so helpful. And also having somewhere else to put our minds in an area to feel like there is forward movement. Mm -hmm. I think grief so often makes you feel stuck and, and you just feel like you're not able to move forward and you're slogging through life and it's just, ugh. But having an area in life that is moving forward is kind of this beacon of light in a lot of ways for us. So That's a great word image. Have I ever told you guys, and this is for you guys and for the listeners too, but uh, for anybody who would kind of nod their head to the following observation, that we live in an era of cultural and moral decline. Mm -hmm. Some people wouldn't agree with me on that. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people would. I think mm-hmm. you guys probably would agree. We're, we're living in an era of moral and cultural decline. And I'll, I'll tell you why I mentioned that now. Have ever, guys, have I ever mentioned to you the um, Daniel Lappin's program, The Gathering Storm? Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. No. Check this out. From Hebrews have known this for 2,500, 3,000 years, that if you find yourself in a era of moral and cultural decline, which I think a lot of us would agree we're in right now. Again, some might not, and this segment isn't for you. Mm-hmm. But from a biblical Hebrew perspective, the, the action that you take as a family is to build an ark. That ark, translated into modern kind of uh, scenario, is you, you start to build a business that your family can kind of gather around. Mm-hmm. You build something that the kids can be included in. You bring them in a little closer. Mm-hmm. You get them involved in the project. It's a business of some kind that they can kind of help manage. And that's what you do during a time. That's how you prepare for, because moral and cultural decline always leads to economic decline. Spiritual mm-hmm. decline leads to physical decline, right? Mm-hmm. So those, those bigger waves are coming, 
right? Mm-hmm. Are we saying the world's going to be flooded again? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the, the cultural decline we find ourselves in, we're going to be very glad that we took the time, the effort, the energy yeah. to navigate this era with something our family can all kind of, a platform we can all kind of step onto and something mm-hmm. we've built together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might enjoy that. And it's a little plug for that program. It's called The Gathering Storm. And that's the exact conclusion. You know, if you find yourself in an era of moral decline, build something your family can be involved in a for-profit business, ideally, that you can kind of all gather around. That's the spiritual lesson behind the Noah's Ark story. Isn't that kind of cool yeah. as a concept? It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So and check I think that it's out. Really true. <laughs> had many people listen to that and it, it's resonated with a whole lot of them. But mm-hmm. well, I do need to get rolling, guys. This was a great episode, and you guys both shared from the heart. Thank you for that, and I really appreciate it. I'm still kind of dealing with this lingering cough thing, so I muted a lot. Hopefully, enough that I didn't annoy anybody. But um, <laughs> you guys did so well, and and you're tremendous coaches on our team. Thank you for all that you bring to the community, and um, it's been a real pleasure hanging out with you. You too. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having us on. Well, thank you guys. <laughs> I'm going to talk to the listeners for just a second and say thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you benefited as much as Adam, Emily, and I did. It was just really good hanging out with my friends and great leaders in this community. And uh, maybe this is one of the first episodes that you're listening to. Yeah, this is typical. And this is the kind of people that we have in our leadership roles, our coaches, our content creators. It's great people like this. So if you want to come hang out with a whole bunch of us, That's what our Facebook group is all about. That's what the other episodes of this podcast are all about. We love using the internet creatively to launch and grow multiple income streams. If that means you get to stay home with your family more and that's your goal, hey, we'll applaud that for sure. Come alongside and help make that happen. But from the entire team, from the podcast team, there's a whole bunch of us from the proven Amazon course team. There's even more there. Thank you for hanging out with us today. God bless you, business building warriors. We'll do another really cool episode like this one very soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.